Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, you guys. It's that time of week, and we've got something for you here, a two-part series. That's right. So you guys, a few weeks ago, Isaac and I celebrated 21 years of marriage, and we really wanted to do a podcast that was focused on reflections, things that we've learned, marriage wisdom. We were going to do it right near our anniversary, but there were some other episodes that had to come out, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Um, But they were good. Mm -hmm. And But now we're getting to the content that uh, we most care about. That's right. And so we're really excited to be sharing with you guys tips for a thriving marriage, Yeah, things that we've learned, and we're going to do a little reminiscing, maybe share some stories with you too. Very practical, because as you look back over 21 years, of course, from just thinking about, oh, what are mar- what's marriage advice? If yeah. someone comes up to us, we would give them advice. But if we reflect on the 21 years, looking back, what are the best decisions we made that were so thankful we or made even, those decisions yes or even habits of habits things that we did regularly that have yielded the most fruitfulness in our marriage and trickled down to our kids mm-hmm. and our family yeah uh, those are the ones we're giving yeah so we're really excited to jump in but before we do we just wanted to remind you that there are a bunch of resources at courageousparenting.com and we're going to list them in today's show notes which you can find on the website right yeah um, and so some of those um, resources are the Parenting Mentor Program, which we have another one getting ready to start Six here. Six-week self-paced program. That's right. And so you guys can find out about that on our main homepage. Um, we also have the Homeschooling Blueprint. Just about a 1,000 people have benefited from that. That I can't believe mm-hmm. how successful and helpful that's been for people. So I just realized saying Homeschool Blueprint, people might not realize that this is a self-paced course also yeah. that has six main teaching videos in it that are great for people who are starting, but also really important encouragement and reevaluation for people who've been homeschooling a long time. And it's just way discounted because it launched during COVID and I've been meaning to go raise the price, but we've been so busy. So So take advantage of that before Isaac has enough time on his hands to actually do that. Because it should really (laughs) be more. It's six and a half hours of curriculum. It's a 45 page workbook. It totally should cost more. Yeah. It's only, how much is it? $59. So super cheap. And then we also have the Christian postpartum course and my book, Redeeming Childbirth. And there's other stuff as well. You can find out about that one at courageousmom.com. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of resources for you guys. We just want you to know that those are there for your support and your encouragement. And- because they also help us do the ministry. We're yep. full-time. Our mission to impact 1 million legacies. And praise God that donations are coming in Thank during you so right much. now. Um, you guys know why. Mm-hmm. It's so important and so mm-hmm. helpful. And so you can do that at courageousparenting.com forward slash donate. And if you shared on social media or tagged us in anything or mm-hmm. promoted the podcast or anything like that, yeah. just know you are part of the one million legacy movement and thank you awesome okay so let's dive in yeah the first thing that's been kind of a routine i'm gonna call it a routine or a habit i like routine better mm-hmm. we have been going on date nights since we actually were dating i and it never stopped dating my <laughs> wife i just love it she is my favorite person to go hang out with Aww. and i can't wait to do it and sometimes i just go hey let's go 
I know he does. It's actually great. But we have, I mean, we've had seasons where we had little kids. We've had seasons where we've had older kids that were able to help and babysit, built-in babysitters. Yeah. And so we get that it can be difficult at times to get away. Yeah. And so we just, um, we wanted to encourage you guys to look up the podcast that's on unique date night ideas because we actually went over a lot of really great ideas in yeah. that podcast. Yeah. Um, and also... We have a date night one sheet that mm-hmm. would be free for people if they wanted to have a more purposeful visioneering date night, which yeah. they can get when they become a subscriber on our website. CourageousParenting.com. Yeah. So, but but date nights really, um, that wasn't something that was like a hugely known thing to do back then, but we just continued after we got married and it really was a source for me that helped me to remember that I was Angie. And I was still the girl Mm. that Isaac fell in love with all those years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Because don't you sometimes get a little different when you're not with your kids? I mean, we're the same people, but like when you're not getting interrupted, when you're able to just sit and think for a while and have deep conversations for a long time, like you remember who you are. And that is so, so important for your spouses to remember who you are. And hey guys, you got to be intentional. It it speaks volumes to your wife when you plan something, when you say, hey, let's go and nothing's planned and you figure out why you're out there. Just the initiative of wanting to spend alone time with your wife and showing that and arranging the sitter or whatever you got to do ahead of time. When you take it upon yourself to do that. Now, I didn't always initiate the sitter. You did sometimes, but Take as much initiative as you can to want to Mm -hmm. show that desire to your wife to go out. Hey, let's get a date night. And could you get a sitter or figure that out or whatever? Speaking of sitters, I've gotten a lot of questions whenever we brought up date nights just about babysitters. And I just want to, again, point you to the podcast. We did a whole episode on standards that you should have for a babysitter and how Mm -hmm. to find them. So go look that one up. I think it was at the end of season one. But number two on our list was something that we talked about during premarital counseling. And I think that it's made a massive mm-hmm. impact on us. And I know for sure it's been a positive thing for our kids not to hear this. Yeah. We made a choice not to say. We the, never said this word. The D word. Divorce. Now it's kind of a rule. It was like, you know how when you're when you're in a game, there's rules, right? And so yeah. when we got first when we first got married, when we were about to get married, we kind of came up with some some fair play rules and that was one of them that we were never going to use that word against each other to talk about yeah you know in anger or anything like that it's never been said in our vocabulary in mm-hmm. communicating to each other about mm-hmm. each other or our marriage and um we made that commitment in the beginning and we've kept to that and you might go well that seems simple we have too. praise god um, but I know that sometimes when people are emotional and angry people get beside themselves mm-hmm. and say things they don't truly mean mm-hmm. but there's a, a little bit of truth actually in everything we say, even if we don't mean it, yeah. because the other person hears it mm-hmm. and it, it, it creates little it bad seeds, little, little bad yeah. seeds yeah. that create wedges in relationship. And yeah. you don't want to do that. And by the way, uh, I know that sometimes divorce happens and it happens to good people and mm-hmm. some people we love. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some close friends, even so, even people here in the Courageous Parenting so some, Mentor Program who have been There divorced. are situations yes. where it's unavoidable actually for certain people. So, uh, but But those same people would also agree that they know that it's not God's design for marriage. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. So we have a couple verses as to why we believe this and that you've probably heard them at weddings many times. Genesis 2, 24 says, therefore man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And then Mark 10, 9 says, therefore what God 
has joined together, let not man separate. And those are two obvious like wedding verses that are usually taught on in depth at weddings. But that is really like the core reason why we were like, well, why would, let's not even make that be an option for us. So that's just one good game rule that you could put into your marriage. You could talk about it on your date night. Yeah. And point number three is don't let the identity of your marriage become wrapped up mm-hmm. in the kids. Mm-hmm. That's when you don't even realize it, but you've made an idol out of your kids or parenting. Or maybe um, you've just not purposed to keep your marriage in the proper priority list yeah. to where you don't actually invest in your marriage very much. And then the only thing you ever talk about is kids, kids, kids. And then when you're empty nesters, you, uh, you don't know what to talk about because you've only been talking about maintenance talk with yeah. the kids. Yeah. And or you look at each other and you go, I don't, I don't even know you anymore. Yeah. Right. Or like, what, what do we have to do together? Like what fun thing do we want to do together? If it's you've not done anything. It's literally your responsibility to mm-hmm. stay in love with your wife, mm-hmm. to stay in love with your husband. Mm-hmm. You, you have both to work have to it. make the choice. Yeah. And I, I think that this is so critical because when people get older, a lot of times they just look at each other and they don't, They don't really know why they're married anymore. And if you want to have a thriving marriage, you have to like enjoy one another. You have to pursue one another. You have to study one another. You have to choose to love one another, forgive one another, all those things. But really what it comes down to is protecting your identity of your marriage from becoming something that it's not over time. And part of that is by keeping your priorities in order. Okay, number four. Yeah. Prioritize family over business and ministry. This one I think is crucial. Everybody's going to say, I do probably, or most people are going to say, well, of course I prioritize. Well, just because you love something more Mm -hmm. doesn't mean your actions actually prioritize it over another thing. So let's just get that straight first. So when when it really comes down to it, is family the top priority over ministry? Is family the top priority over business or career or job? And... Mm -hmm. It's really important because if if it's not, you'll love the family more, but you'll sacrifice it consistently mm-hmm. and ever more for something where maybe you get more mm-hmm. accolades from, or maybe you the world gives you more value for it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just volunteering. Doesn't that feel good when you volunteer and you help people? Sometimes that feels better than digging in with the family. Right. Now, it doesn't mean you don't volunteer, but not at the sacrifice of the family right. and keeping that a priority. And I, I we've done a really good job at this. I would say over 21 years, mm-hmm. there's periods of time where there's really out of balance. For example, when I had a struggling startup company and lots of employees and, mm-hmm. you know, we're facing financial challenges and these kinds of things. And I worked way too much. Mm-hmm. And even though in my mind, my family is a higher priority, um, my actions didn't show that for a few years. And that was a really hard season and it yeah. affected our marriage and it affected my role as father and I regret it. Mm-hmm. And so are there seasons to work really hard? Yes, but you got to put an expiration date on them and you better hit it. Mm-hmm. Okay, super important. It, can't, it shouldn't be too too long. Right, you don't keep extending the expiration date over and over again. I mean, you want to have grace with one another, but try to find ways to involve your family in it if you're building a business. I mean, that's something that we've been really good oh, at doing over the years. I brought my kids to conferences and past, yeah, all kinds of things. having them involved in the hospitality when dad's bringing people home from work. That's what we did in the home, right? Yeah. So there was a lot, there's a lot of opportunities where you can still be proactively keeping the kids involved and engaged and 
um, pursuing those relationships, even when you're doing business, when you have something that's yeah. really intense that you need to build, because there are seasons for that. But I think that for me, like with ministry, I even made that mistake with getting too involved. There was mm. one point where I was either attending or leading or running six different ministries at one time. And how many little kids? Did I you mean, have? we had just had Megan. So we had three kids under four and Honestly, it was just way too much, and I got super convicted about it. And I share about this in a different podcast. So, but a, a good point on that is just because you're capable, just because you're able, doesn't mean you should. Right, right. Because there wasn't any issues going on. It just was like I actually chose to stop before there were issues because I didn't want to disqualify myself from ministry when I was older, yeah. knowing that God's word's very clear about what the qualifications are for Titus to mentors and for people who are considered elders and elder yeah. qualified. And so I didn't want you disqualified. I didn't want me disqualified. And I knew that I wasn't in the season that God was calling me to do that. And one of the verses that was super convicting to me is in Ecclesiastes three that says to everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. Like we weren't in the season of life where we were supposed to be discipling. Uh, like I, I knew I wasn't supposed to be discipling other people primarily. I was yeah. supposed to be primarily first discipling my kids yeah. and I couldn't do both because they were so little and had physical needs in a different kind of way than they do when they're older. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's part of God's design. That's why he has Titus 2 very clear that the older men are to teach the younger men and the older yeah. women are to teach the younger women. I even remember when um, I, I stayed elder, but I stepped back in my involvement right. uh, because I felt like the, the things I was doing was with work and everything was yes. sacrificing the family and something had to give. Right. And it's not going to be my family. It's just right. not. Right. And, so, and part of it is even like when you're not able to provide for your family, because yeah. the Bible does say it's worse for an unbeliever than for a man not to provide for his family. Right. And so we had to really like look at a lot of things and we were waiting on the Lord to provide and he was, but you have to do the work you've committed to do when you're getting paid. And I remember so. that. I remember the hard decisions and then God just validates it afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like it looks counterintuitive. Sometimes it looks backwards. Like, Oh, maybe you won't get a promotion and you're hustling on this on this path mm. but how long can you do that because what starts to get ingrained in us is habits a way of being a a willingness to mm -hmm. sacrifice i remember a quote i used to use um leaders sacrifice much that is good in order to dedicate themselves to that which is best that's i believe wow. a john maxwell quote and i remember as a young uh early 20s uh, entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I loved that quote. And I remember working really hard and using that both ways. I would, I'd use it on my business, use it on my family. Yeah. And I would rationalize whatever I wanted to do with that quote, mm -hmm. actually. And I remember realizing, you know what? No, family, no matter what is most important and everything else is going to have to give. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. 
And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Right. And we really believe that if we kept our priorities straight, God would bless the other things. And he did. Yeah. He did. That doesn't mean that life's going to be easy. We've had really hard trials in our life for sure. But you know what? He's walked with them through us and we've grown a lot from them. So just be aware of the season you're in. Are you in postpartum? Do you need to cut back on hospitality for a season? Like don't overdo it. Know your limits. Say no. And hey, you guys, I'm... On the same no, I literally just confessed to someone the other day, yesterday actually, a dear friend of mine, she mm. said, Angie, you can say no. You can have a season of rest. And I went, I need to get better at saying no. Like I'm still learning this. Yeah. And I think some of us need to have permission to say no sometimes because we want to enjoy the life that we have with our kids. Yeah. We want to not look back on this season as so hurried that we're not looking at our kids in the eyes and, you know, really engaging them. I have another, I have one last story on this. I remember, uh, in the kind of, uh, the peak of my success when I was younger in business and there was 40 people running similar organizations. We were entrepreneurs, but they were similar to what we were doing around the country. And a lot of them were single or had all the time in their hands and worked all hours and, you know, were able to do that. the money they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, here I am, our fourth one. Angie's on bed rest with her fourth, I believe. And she's like, I really need you. And it was just like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice because I know it's right to be there for Angie, work way less. Oh, was that the first time you did laundry? <laughs> that was that <laughs> anyways, one Anyways, they can listen to that in other podcast for time. But, that's a but it's a funny podcast. story. So anyways, there was this decision and I literally had this thought. I, I guess family men have to give and they, mm-hmm. they don't, they're not going to be as successful because they can't just spend all the hours and different time and be as flexible for yeah, the business. Yeah. So I am going to give a certain amount of time, certain part of the days in, in the week mm. to the business. And I'm going to dedicate myself to what Angie needs so we can have more kids because I didn't want my selfishness or desire for how well our company our our, our family was doing financially to sacrifice mm what God wanted for our family. Mm. And I remember wrestling with that and I caved, I I call it caved. I caved into less success for the family. Now, sometimes that's true, but then I challenged them like, why does it have to be that way? I remember this. And I wrestled with that and I go, no, why can't both exist? Why can't I be successful and have a thriving family and spend lots of time with them? 
And I remember it was very counterintuitive and I literally changed the way things were done. I literally changed all kinds of things. And God gave me mm -hmm. wisdom for that because he knew I wanted to be mm -hmm. obedient. And then the organization went from five to over 10 million and what's never been done and still ever been done in that yeah, organization. So, and I, and I cut my hours significantly to spend mm -hmm. with Angie. So I just want to challenge that. Sometimes it's a give and take and it does sacrifice some success. And sometimes it doesn't have to, if you think differently. Mm -hmm. Very good. So we thought that it would be fun for us to kind of, we're going to kind of mix five and six together mm -hmm. because five is building things together and we're going to spend a little bit of time reminiscing, but, yeah. but number six is fun things that we've done together. But I just have to say it was hard for me to separate these because I think building things together is fun. We look so. back and we're so glad we did hard things together. We're so glad we took on projects. We had no idea what we're doing. And, um, and they were way harder than we expected. That's right. Um, and they didn't always show the kind of fruit that we were expecting either, right? But like I, we were working together. There the, was the spiritual biggest, fruit. <laughs> the biggest win was our marriage was nurtured because mm -hmm. we went through tests because we just didn't stay comfortable. We're constantly pushing the envelope and the things mm -hmm. that we're doing together. Yeah. And that has kept us really strong. And I relish that. So building things together. What are some of the things we built? Well, you guys. Okay. So we've been married 21 years now. But before we were married, we actually met because we worked together. Isaac was my manager. He hired me. Yeah. And you were at a summer job. I, I was six weeks to work. Technically on summer job too, except yeah. I was running the business mm -hmm. and she came in and worked with me and, um, that was incredible. I wasn't a believer and she was, she just got back from Turkey. That's a whole nother story of mm -hmm. how I came to know the Lord. I think we do share in one of the episodes, mm -hmm. but, um, that was an interesting summer. You worked for about six weeks, did a great job, went back to school. Yep. I, in Canada. I went back to school in mm -hmm. the States and, um, yeah. And then I think, so then you got saved and then the next summer, we worked together to, to open a year-round office because you had graduated, I graduated college, opened and we a year were getting office. married at you're, the end of the summer. You were my assistant manager. Yep. Nobody knew we were getting married. That was fun. Yep. And we worked really, really hard together mm -hmm. that summer and uh, were able to pay for a lot of the wedding and a lot yeah. of the things from that. We worked really hard and I was going to summer school and yeah. planning a wedding at the same time as helping build the business. And you guys, I mean, we, we, we worked really hard. We were up early. We were up late working, working. Yeah. But we were on a mission together and we found out very quickly that we worked well together, which yeah. was kind of a good boot camp for our marriage. Not perfectly. There were times. Yeah. Yeah, but... for sure. And then, um, then we started a family and we started a family pretty quickly because we, we ideally wanted to wait a couple of years, but the Lord blessed us with Kelsey yeah. a few months after getting married. We found out, so we were married September. We found yeah. out just the day we got our Christmas tree in December, we yeah. found out that we were pregnant and I got really, really sick. And so it made it really hard. I was lonely. Isaac was still working, building the business. And, working you know, really hard. Working really hard. How hard? Let's just say it. How I mean, many I was working. I was working seven days a week. I took sun, first half of Sunday off to go to church and all that. Uh, premarital counseling before church. I was so tired. And then church. And then time after church. And then. I would go to work Sunday night. And then we got married, so yeah. there's no premarital counseling, obviously. But yep. we were still taking that morning off for church. And, oh, right, right. Yeah, and then um, and then the business, because of how it worked, 
you had to work on Sunday nights. I didn't have leaders season. developed yet to yeah. help me run things. So I had to do that. And my best assistant mm-hmm. manager was now home. And we were still young and figuring out things in our faith and different things like that. Would not recommend that. It's really important that you have a day of rest. And we've learned that over yeah. the years, right? Yeah. We've also learned, we've learned a lot of things. It was about six months of years. working seven days a week. Yeah. Though, and then I, I So during that time, I was really lonely and we were starting a family in the sense of me being pregnant. Yeah. And um, I missed being in the office. So Isaac would invite me to be a part of as much as I could. I would come to team meetings yeah. and team night outs and I I'd bring cookies and I, I was like the I was like the the mom that came into the office. And, yeah, and I think because of that, the stability of our marriage, our teamwork, even though she wasn't active in the business doing any position in the business, she mm-hmm. had a position that was respected because I gave her so much respect right. in front of all my leaders and so forth. And she would come over or that all my leaders would come over or a mm-hmm. few of them at 10 o'clock at night at times. Mm-hmm. And she would serve enchiladas and they were excited to talk to Angie. Yep. They wanted, they saw she was intelligent and I really mm-hmm. built her up to them. And and it helped too that I had done the business with you for a while yeah. because they, they knew that they knew I had been a yeah. top rep and then I had been an assistant manager. And, and so like there was this element too of I had done bookkeeping and helped train sure. other people. And so, so, so I think that really helped me make progress in two years uh, running Washington, Oregon, getting promoted and uh, just our marriage. And so we really looked at this as marriage should be a catalyst towards business success and business should be a catalyst towards marriage success. And if it's not, mm-hmm. you're doing something wrong or you're doing the wrong business. Well, and I would say too, um, I know that for us, like when we say the word success, our definition is probably very different than what most people would think of as success. I We've used the word growth, mm-hmm. like marriage growth should create business growth and mm-hmm. business growth should create marriage growth. And, and that really is what we experienced yeah. really truthfully. And, um, and that actually became a huge ministry for us. So like then later as we were having kids, we would be able to go, I'd go to conferences with you sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes I'd have a baby with me and I'd be able to minister to the significant others of other people that were there. And it became much more about less about us and about the business and more about God and incorporating him into it. And then on the side, we built a coaching company. We did marriage seminars mm-hmm. and, uh, as our, you know, and coaching. Yeah. All that. Yep. And then we also flipped a condo in our first house and then that helped us to buy the Damascus house which we fully remodeled now that was a project that was a huge project 4200 square feet full remodel new kitchen uh, new floors everywhere. New bathrooms. New bathrooms. Siding. Four bathrooms. Knocking yeah. huge walls out. Yeah, fire all fireplaces redone. All electrical. I mean, it was a huge, huge project. Siding, paint. But it in was and so out. much fun. And we were crazy. Like, okay, so we're reminiscing on 21 years, and I'm thinking, okay, I was pregnant <laughs> with our fourth. Yeah. We were doing this remodel, and then we bought 21 baby chickens, chicks, and a puppy, a black lab puppy, which I crate trained. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm pregnant and we're, I mean, that's just how we are, right? We've just been running a mile a minute, but it's been an adventure, you and guys. I, and that was my first experience in construction, not necessarily swinging a hammer. Of course, I did a little bit of that for fun, but mostly I hired people mm-hmm. and managed the projects mm-hmm. and I'd set up my little card table while I was doing my normal business, but just there to make decisions and 
kind of keep an eye mm-hmm. on things and yeah. all that stuff. And you loved it. Yeah. And then a few years after living there, we decided to plant the vineyard, Yeah. which was a whole nother project. So this is right after Luke was born. In fact, I have pictures where he's like five or six weeks old. He's in the front pack. I'm hauling a hose. And here we are planting 1,283 plants and cultivating a vineyard which with our kids that were all under seven. Viticulture or anything. No, no we had to find a mentor. Yeah. We hired a mentor, yeah. vineyard, men, viticulture mentors, what yeah. we call them. And we had five kids under seven and they were all helping. We did it all as a family and it was the best weekend we ever spent with the kids. I Planting mean, the plants, yeah. Really, it still goes down in history in their minds. But as it, was, like, it was a seven-year project, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we planted all these vines in one weekend. 1,280-some. 83, yep. I have the memory yeah. of the exact numbers on the detail lady. Yeah, but. it was incredible. We went out to dinner afterwards and we were so exhausted, but we looked each other in the eyes and we're like, oh, we did something together. Yeah, all of us, the kids, <laughs> we got like beignets and special little drinks for them, you know, and they're like, oh, we worked so hard for this. <laughs> it was the best. So building things together. Now, what we build might be totally different than what you build together. You guys, you, you know, you might uh, do art together. Or right. You, you I mean, we play also tennis do together. ministry together now, yeah. right? Like yeah. the podcast is a new thing that we've built in the last two years, the parenting program. So yeah. they, there are so many different things that you could do. But we also like to have fun. Now, obviously, you guys are going, okay, so that was all that you built together. But that sounds like fun. You guys are talking about it and reminiscing and it was fun. But we also have loved doing specific things that were just for fun, like traveling together. Oh, yeah. Traveling was has been amazing. We've been to France. Italy. Um, London. London. Prague. Spain. Yep. Argentina. Argentina Mexico. Hawaii many times. Canada. I mean, we've been all over the United States, too, you guys. I think we've seen 48 of the states i think there's only two we haven't seen yeah so we have to make it to those last two on the next rv trip maybe but um but we have enjoyed international traveling just isaac and i sometimes we take a baby with us i know we took luke with us to the czech republic and that was just awesome he was like the perfect baby on the plane and everywhere anyways we had so much fun on that trip my favorite by the way is italy i just love italy that was really cool i love that they take a few hours in the afternoon to just sit and drink coffee yeah I love that. We need to like institute that here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you guys, we've also we've also enjoyed just dreaming together, yeah. like having date nights where we're able to dream, doing hospitality, and yeah. then RV trips with the kids, camping, paddle boarding, yeah. going on date nights where we're rafting down the river. Yeah, just I mean, us, we've yeah. done so many different things. We even have gone to the shooting range, which shooting was range. not my favorite thing to do. Painting pottery. <laughs> that was not your favorite thing to do, but I loved it. <laughs> Thanks for going with me. Yeah. Um, but so sometimes, guys, you want to do something that your spouse, you know, really likes to do that you well, maybe don't want to do. Well, just going to see a movie, dinner, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spontaneous. Yes. So weekend trips, just mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff like that. So it's important to have fun. We've, we've, we're thankful for that. We're thankful that we've built things together. And I think you've, you've got to really look at that. And yeah. you know what? Um, we've had different periods of time where we can afford different things. You can't afford things. And one of the things 10 years ago, we bought the RV, uh, because 
we were had a growing big family mm-hmm. and we're like, man, we want to be able to be spontaneous and go places. Mm-hmm. But we also felt like a responsibility to be able to maneuver our yeah, family to take care of them, to take care of them, to. even if there's challenging times ahead. So we were thinking, which that is way interesting because we've used it for that. For example, just a few years ago with all of the smoke from the fires that was yeah. here, we had to evacuate because we lived in a really old ranch house and the smoke was coming in and our kids were literally coughing up ash. So we evacuated Central Oregon. We piled them all in the RV and we went to a little pocket in Fort Townsend, spent time with family and got away from the smoke. And then now, I mean, we've had to do that even here, right? Yeah. So I would say that, you know, you don't always know what what blessings are going to come from the decisions that you make, but we know for sure that we've we're now that we have hindsight it's fun to have hindsight yeah it's fun to be able to look back on 21 years i think a combo of those two things is we've always wanted to not live with regrets Mm -hmm. so we tend to proactively make decisions um knowing that if we don't just do it here's the key thing someone once said if not now then when Mm. and i think that I'm like, oh, I want to get everything dialed. I, we, I need this certain amount saved first or these things. And there's some prudence to that. Prudence is good, right? But at the same time, if not now, then when? A lot of times it's about our decision making mm-hmm. that allows things not to happen. Yeah. And then they don't ever happen. Yeah. That's good. So the seventh principle, and then we're going to end with you guys with this episode, is that to have a thriving marriage, you need to seek the kingdom of God together. Um, I have a verse here in Luke 12, 29 that says, and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. Mm. Whoa, does that not apply to these uncertain times? Nor have an anxious mind for all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your father knows that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. I would just encourage you to read... um, up higher. I don't have time to dig into that now, but chapter 12, verse 22 through 34 is just phenomenal. Also talks about where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. You guys, this particular passage is about seeking Mm -hmm. the kingdom, seeking God first. And I think that that is such a key element for a thriving marriage, because if you're seeking him first, Mm -hmm. all the things that you could dream of even in a marriage those things will be added to you if you're both seeking the kingdom, Amen. right? Because you're going to be seeking to love one another. You're going to be seeking to forgive one another. You're going to be mm-hmm. seeking all the things that are kingdom-minded yeah. things that God calls us to as believers mm-hmm. that are really for for really for our own good, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, we just want to encourage you guys with that seventh principle. And then our next podcast, we're going to go over the next eight things that are going to wrap up what we've learned over the years and what we look back and go, wow, we're so glad we did that consistently in our marriage because it's led to fruitfulness 21 years later. Mm -hmm. So thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. 
If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.